What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You were working on typewriters in the Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. And we are back for the first Ballsy College Football Podcast of the year. Probably also the last college football podcast for quite some time. Uh, Chuck Carlton, our esteemed college football writer, expert. Uh, at, at you the are Dallas Morning News. Who? With who? The Dallas Morning News. And SportsDayDFW.com. Thank you. Oh, okay. We're a digital company. Digital first. That's right. Digital first. Chuck, are you there? Yes, yes, I'm. I'm here. I'm just enthralled by the by the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's really good stuff. Repartee. Yeah, enthralling is what we do, Chuck. All right, so let's get right to it. National championship game, Chuck. Was it better than USC Texas or not? It was a better finish. With all due respect to Vince Young, it wasn't a better game. That's the thing. People are getting caught up in the fact that of what happened in the fourth quarter, and it was magnificent theater. But that first half was, you know, you go back look at Twitter. Flock. It was a honor. You know I mean? It was the honor in the it first was, half. But does anybody care yeah, about the it, first it half Alabama of the championship? Doing what you, and, and, and how many times could uh, Fowler and Herbie talk about, oh, Deshaun Watson looks rattled here. Well, that's probably because he's gotten hit in the head, okay? Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, it looked like your typical Alabama-Washington game, to be honest, in the first half. And then things got really good. And that's why I put it behind still. USC, Texas, from the standpoint of a game that was clicking on all cylinders from pretty much the very beginning there, and and and, and, and awfully compelling, and the six, you know, and, and plus you've got the setting in the Rose Bowl versus next to a pirate ship. Yeah, get, <laughs> just give me this. But yes, this is the best. Denigrate Tampa. Come on. Wow. The, 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 this is the best finish since the. You know, uh, official went fishing for a, uh, a flag in the Miami Ohio State game five seconds after the play ended. So I'll, I'll go. I'll give them that. All right, but here's the thing, Kevin. Does anybody ever remember the first half of a no. championship game? I, I, for me, I mean, I was making chicken sandwiches in the kitchen, and I burned them a little bit. I got to be honest. I did did you send any over to Kevin? You no, I, did. I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't get any. Send but, over. I was in. I was in the next room. Does. Yeah, Kevin came over yeah. with the Blakes. Yeah. Um, oh. Does, uh, does but anybody? I would argue that even last year's game, until the final five minutes, last year's game was better than this year's well, game. Well, let me and tell then, you. Let me tell you what else the Texas USC game had. They it, it was after the Heisman Trophy, 
And uh, I guess Reggie Bush had won the Heisman Trophy over Vince, and a lot of people thought a lot of controversy about that. So, so that that was another ingredient. But this was a rematch of last year's championship game. Yeah, I think when you talk about the the setup, the discussion about the Texas USC game was uh, is is US going into the game is USC the greatest team of all time? Right. Right. And so I don't think anybody was saying that about Alabama. Nobody was saying that about Clemson. Now people were saying, oh, they were saying that about the Alabama defense. I was just about to say that the Alabama defense. But I think that's to me the big flaw and I want to ask you about that Chuck all all season long we've seen the freshman quarterback from Channel View Jalen Hurts uh play really well for a freshman uh for a freshman and we keep saying that but you know in the end what we have to ask is was he really a championship quarterback in in that game last night the difference in the game was the one guy is a three-year starter and the and the runner up to the Heisman and I would like to point out he was my oh he was my him. Heisman vote so let, uh, let's ask Deshaun Chuck this was. Do, do they vote for the Heisman too early in the year yes they do I asked, oh they always vote for that they always vote too early yes I know that not going to change but what are they, what do they not vote for too early Chuck what you I'm, I think you have a vote in this thing that's come our vote is not even due until Monday right but, but the that's the Outland Trophy it's a throwback to when. Bowl games were, quote, exhibition games when it didn't matter. It was on the regular season, and and that's how the Heisman has always done it. And, and plus, they want it just packaged really nicely at, at, at the end of the regular season for TV. I mean, if we were doing the Heisman vote today and they were announcing it, let's say, middle of the week or the end of the week, it's going to be an afterthought. Unfortunately. Well, and the, yeah, and the bowls, way too early. The bowls could also sell that. We've got the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, and that was a, that was, a big that was thing part of the thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what? What? Hoss Brock made a living in the eighties. Yes, he did. But in, Heisman in, Trophy winners with Cotton Bowl. In terms of storylines, yeah, all right. Let, let's let's move on plus past the storyline. You you were talking about uh, was Jalen Hurts the right quarterback for Alabama at this point? Listen, I I think, and and I, you and Chuck can weigh in on this, Barry, as well. I. I I don't think you know Jalen Hurts was was a freshman. That's what, what Alabama had. They also had a tremendous offensive line, and I don't think they ran the ball as effectively or as well as they needed to for much of the last half of the season. My, my, my problem, I with, think they forced they they tried to force him to throw the ball uh, way too much. Well, the, the teams were forcing them to throw the ball. That was the, that was the way you're going to have to beat Alabama. You're going to have to force Jalen Hurts to throw the ball. And that was that was everybody's you know game plan going into to games, and you know he was able to do just enough to get by and, and be all right. But do I, you think do you think Alabama made the adjustment before they needed to? Because I did not watch anybody stuff Alabama on running the ball. Well, last night I thought that Clemson did a couple of times. You know, Clemson that, did last night. Both Scarborough got got loose a couple of times, obviously, and right. was very good. And that was that was a tremendous blow to Alabama's offense when he went out of the game with the injury. Oh, yeah. But I thought that to me the bigger issue in that game last night, right? I I just was watching the game with my son Ford, and and I said right up to the point that uh, I said, you know, here's my problem is that this kid hurts. All he can really do is run, and he's not running with the ball. And then he runs for the touchdown right. in the fourth quarter. I mean, he, I just said that in there. In that, there he goes. And there were times when 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 coverage broke down. Well, not coverage broke down, but when the the pass rush broke down, and there was. There was some open field in front of him, and he still tried to run around and make a throw. He did, and, and as it was pointed out on the broadcast, too, there's a time when he, he got out of the pocket when he should have stayed in the pocket, and right. O.J. Howard was wide open. You know, really, he, the, the, the best pass thrown wasn't even by, by Alabama players. It wasn't even by Jalen Hurts. 
You know, it was, it was by a wide receiver on a trick play. I, I thought the pass to Howard was his best. Was the best. Throw That's behind. an easy throw, though. The guy's right. he's he's twenty yards behind everybody else. Well, well, it's also worth noting as we're talking about the freshman quarterback. You're also talking about a guy who began the season as a Fox Sports One analyst, then went to an anal, you know, one of the, you know, forty-seven analysts that. Uh, Nick Saban has on staff, and and is calling plays in the championship game because finally Lane Kiffin wore out his welcome. I yeah. mean, you're talking to guys thrown into that situation, and and you know I'm not saying things are different with Kiffin, but at least Kiffin has that familiarity with her, with what he can do, and all that, as opposed to being that arms length removed, which is what Sarkeesian was, and and what they can do, and. You know, again, I wonder how much things would come down. So, so is that, I wonder how much Clemson knew. I mean, remember that play where Brolware is basically saying, over here, guys. Right. You know, this is where the play is coming, and next thing you know, you've got a five-yard loss. That happened more than once. I, so is that is that arrogance on, on, on Nick Saban's part, though, to say that I can, I can make this change? Can we let Evan say something here? No, no, I don't want Evan to say anything on this part. He's, ha- he's having a knip shin over there. It, 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 but, well, let me just real quick. Is, do you think that's arrogance on Nick Saban's part, though, to say I can change my offensive coordinator the week before the championship game? Who else, if, if another coach had done that, we would say, oh, my gosh, what an idiot this right. guy is. But because Nick Saban did it, we, we gave him a free pass. Well, also because yeah, Lane Kiffin was involved. Yeah. Because Lane Kiffin is the, is the punching bag of college football, true. and he's a joke. That's true. Not just, not just college right. football. Right. Yeah, you know that he's now going to go by Ain Kiffin at Florida Atlantic because he left the L at Alabama. Ah. Ah. That's all right. Somebody asked me, because I misspelled Bo Pelini during the uh, FCS championship, and they said, isn't there one L in Pelini? And I said, no, after today, there's actually four. Oh. <laughs> um, you said, uh... the, the, here's, here's the thing for me is, we. you're right, and, and I, uh, it does reek of, of some degree of arrogance, although I don't think that the Alabama play-calling system was what we'd call very creative or very dynamic. Not until the end when they had the wide receiver throw a pass. I'm talking about all year. Oh, all year, yeah. Okay. And, and clearly there was a disconnect between Kiffin and, and, and But But and one Saban. of the things that people give Lane Kiffin Clem- credit for is developing the freshman quarterback. Clemson won this game because they wore down the best defense in the country by, playing, by, by running an enormous number of plays during the game and because their wide receivers, particularly Mike Williams, who may be the best wide receiver in the country, and and, and that's after watching him very briefly, made terrific plays. Wow. I, yeah. Alabama didn't lose this game. Clemson won well, this let game. Me, let me bring bring this back to. Dallas. I, I want to give all the credit. I, I just want to be clear. I want to give all the credit. Did you hear? Did you hear Nick No say that thing about oh. the uh, when uh, when Tom Rinaldi was asking him after the game about uh, you know well, so what was Tom what, Rinaldi crying at the time? He was not, but he said what went wrong. And and he kind of asked him twice, and Nick's he says a couple of things. You know, they made some big plays. We didn't do this. And he goes, and then he said, and that penalty didn't help any. Chuck, and it was and it was the defensive lineman Chuck. I don't remember who it was. Who was it that made the the, the roughing pl- uh, call down there to set up the the first touchdown in the comeback, their second touchdown? Oh second yeah, touchdown. it was the, uh, or was it was it like the other sport? It was like the. It was either roughing or unsportsmanlike, and you never unsportsmanlike. saw it. Unsportsmanlike. Play unsportsmanlike. Yeah, yes, it, and we just barely saw it, and it was like a retaliation type thing. Uh, he, uh, I'm not even sure who it was, but he buried that kid uh, on the bench after that. Chuck, play. I want to I want to bring this back to uh, the Dallas area. Chad Morris, 
the head coach at uh, SMU. He had been the offensive coordinator there at, at Clemson. Do you think he regrets leaving when he when he left? And how much hotter would he, would he be right now? Well, he would, or even last year. Yeah, you look yeah. at it last year. After just one year, I don't think he would ever admit it. But yeah, that has to be going through his head. And remember, he was as, as much as you know the the bond between Dabo and, um, and and his quarterback. It, it was Chad Morris responsible for getting Deshaun Watson there. It was, and and was Deshaun the brought that up after the Morris game. Had, he basically treated him as an extension of his family the whole time. Showed up at the Davy O'Brien last year and just. You know, both guys talked about their relationship. It was, it was, it was amazing. And you look at it, even last year, and this is nothing against SMU, but even last year, if Chad Morris's guy and, and uh, calling plays, and Deshaun Watson has the same kind of season, even if they lose to Alabama, Chad Morris would have been, you know, getting a Power Five coaching job. Right. I'm, I'm convinced of that. So yeah, there's always that what if principle. I don't think he would have been at Clemson this year, but. He's clearly got to think of it. One other thing is that old canard now about maybe he beat oh, Alabama. You can't win with a spread. You can't win Nothing with a spread. You, obviously, you can win with a spread. You you can win with an up tempo. Oh, you can't call up tempo because you put your defense in jeopardy. Well, Clemson adjusted ninety nine plays, five hundred eleven yards against quote the you know the best defense since Fordham seven blocks of granite or whatever. Yeah, fine. They got it done. You can do it. Cam Newton got it done. College football has changed. That doesn't mean Alabama won't be ranked number one next year. But that gives hope to an awful lot of teams. Although, Texas needs hope. For the first time in 49 years, no Texas team's ranked in the final AP Top 25. All right, let's let's talk about that, Chuck. About uh, what what happened here in the bowl games, the Big Twelve. Uh, and I want to say this: I I predicted the Big Twelve would go four and two. They went four and two, but I think I only got two of those games actually right. <laughs> I had both the Oklahoma schools, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, winning. I did not have Kansas State beating Texas A and M. I did not have uh, Georgia beating TCU. Woo! Uh, I get that one right. That was how about them dogs? That was big for Evan. Uh, so. Uh, what does this portend for next year? Does this mean that uh, Kansas State is going to be the number one team in the Big 12? No. I, I mean, Bill Snyder's going to have a lot coming back, although he loses some of those really good defensive playmakers. People say nobody in the Big 12 plays defense. Well, K-State plays defense. You know what I mean? Maybe not great elite defense, but very good defense. But they're losing guys like Willis off that team, the really good defensive end who, who gave A&M fits as well. Um, I mean, a lot of people are still saying Oklahoma. I think that's force of Haver. I think that's Baker Mayfield. But without P. Ryan, without Westbrook, without Joe Mixon, uh, who's going to make plays? Who's he going to get the ball to? I mean, you think about it. He had a ton of weapons there. I'd be willing to say, coming off that bowl game and with Mason Rudolph, James Washington, and and a bunch of other people back. I I go Oklahoma State as preseason favorite okay. in the Big Twelve. Yeah, and, I, I could see that. I could see and, them in K State and then Oklahoma in that pack. Okay, so let me ask you guys: Where does the first Texas team show up in the Big Twelve next year? Texas based team. I think it has a lot to do with what Matt Rule does at Baylor. Do you? you, you yeah. You, so 
you don't give a, a significant bump to the Tom Herman effect at, te- at Texas and, and with as many players coming back as they have? They, they could. But to me, they just kind of have to prove that. I, I have to see it first. What's Baylor got coming back? And, and I'm just I'm, I'm completely ignorant here. I mean, they do have some skilled people. The really hard hit from the recruiting defections probably isn't going to hit until 2018. Okay. But but you lose, you know, they still have some pretty good skilled people, some decent people on the offensive line. You have the, the freshman quarterback. The key thing is the report came out yesterday that a new Solomon, who was a pretty productive quarterback for two years at Arizona, got Arizona to the Pac-12 championship game, is transferring is uh, transferring to Baylor, uh, grad transfer, immediately eligible. So that could be an interesting quarterback situation. But regarding Texas, I think the floor for Tom Herman is probably six wins, but the ceiling regular season is nine, especially with the schedule that includes the trip to Southern Cal. Um, I, I, I think, yes, there will be improvement. Uh, but right now I'm seeing Texas showing up in the – you know, a bunch of these way too early top twenty-five for next year, and that's that's getting ahead of that's getting way out over your skis. I mean, the the two five hundred teams that seem to be getting the most love for next year are Texas and UCLA, and I'm skeptical about both. All right, uh, Chuck, we are going to let you run here. Uh, this has been this has been great to have you on for some national championship talk and and early two thousand seventeen looks. Um, Happy New Year! Hello, the number one Baylor Baylor men's oh, basketball Chuck team. I told you shocked. before we started, he wanted to talk about this. Oh, we did. Yes, Baylor basketball, Baylor men's basketball. Better men, better women. It doesn't matter. They're all great. They're, they're no. all over the map. The Baylor Waco is the center of the college basketball universe. I think they're going to move the, the Hall of Fame to Waco. Matter <laughs> fact, they, they had Spring- that from, already. No, from Springfield. I mean the yeah, the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, the one that really matters. The basketball Hall of Fame from oh. Springfield to Waco. All right, if, I'm just going to say this: that if it doesn't involve uh, Grayson Allen taking a cheap shot, I've been really out of touch with college basketball this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Chuck: How long do you think they could sustain being number one? The man. The man. Uh, well, that twi- trip to West Virginia tonight is going to tell an awful lot because right now. The target just got a whole lot bigger, and for West Virginia, it's going to be a rest-the-court moment, beating the number one team, going in there, and if it's not West Virginia, it's the octagon of doom on Saturday at K-State. I mean, you know, the, the Big 12, nobody goes through unscathed. Nobody's going to run the table, but can Baylor sustain from the standpoint of being good enough to be a number one or number two seed and have a legitimate chance at the Final Four, especially with their length? Their chemistry, the way they play defense, yes. They th- this isn't a fraud. That it's not like when Texas went to number one in 2010 with the you know uh, Damian James Dexter Pittman group, and then you know stumbled home uh, and lost in the first round. That isn't this kind of team. Baylor has a chance to to do some very good things this year. I, and when you look at what they did at the Battle for Atlantis, this is this is a, a team that re, was real bonafide. And they played that underwater. So, um, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I, I, what else do we have? Did Grayson Allen kick anybody today? <laughs> Trip anybody? Oh, kick anybody? anybody. No. He 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 kind of kicked the guy on Saturday. Did he really? Right. And there. I, I mean, he's going to be under the microscope. That's the last thing you want. I, I'm surprised. Then in some pickup game or some AAU game or something like that, 
He hasn't just got his butt kicked by somebody. Oh, he's going to get punched in the nose. He's going to get a nose punch. Yeah. Before it's all over. Somebody just, you know, or throw, you know, hauls off and just, you know, beams him with a basketball retaliation. Well, maybe he doesn't do it in those games. Because we all know that when you go go to a a gym somewhere, you walk up to a playground somewhere, you you don't pull any kind of stuff at a place like that. Right. Yeah. I mean,. It's it's against a tough team like Elon that you have to That's right. do those things. Right. All right, Chuck, we're going to let you go. I have something to grill Barry about before we let this college podcast get out of here. So uh, we will let you run, and thank you for joining I us. I never run. I never run. <laughs> Neither do I. Walk slowly yeah. away. Thanks, Thanks man. Chuck. Says the man who perfected walking slowly. Barry, just because I when I walk up the stairs, I put one foot on a stair, then put the second foot on the stair, does not mean you should t- you should make fun of it. Barry, at the new building, they're putting in one of those uh, elevator. Es- is there lifts, an escalator? Yeah. Not not an escalator, but one of those like hydraulic lifts. Oh, I like that. That you can just strap All right, yourself well, into. What, what do you want to try to embarrass me with now? Okay, so here's the deal. Did you watch the Oklahoma game, the bowl game? Yes, I did. All right. So what were your thoughts on Brent Musburger and Joe Mixon? You know, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, let's, I, 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 let's let's tell everybody what, right, so, what he did. So he went out there and he tried to, to defend Joe Mixon. He's a great young man. He's, he, he's, he tried to explain the situation, which is difficult to do in between plays. Right. It's a complicated and, 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 situation. And then he, but then he was rehabilitated. Him, he then he wished him a successful NFL career. And and I, I believe he also said that that that. Joe, this is from the punch of, of the woman, that Joe, Joe is, you know, he's, spe- he's speaking for Joe. He's rehabilitated Joe. It was not necessary. And I, and I, I think, you know, everybody says, well, he's 77 years old, and, and he shouldn't have done that, and, and he shouldn't have done that. He just went too far. I, I have to say, I'm not, I wasn't surprised at all. I, I, this is the kind of thing. I think if he was 57, this is what he said, 47, 37. Because he's of that generation. He's of that generation. And he's, and he's Be a, careful. You're almost in that generation. Well, no, no. It's just that he's, no, he's just. He's a little bit of a homer for these college programs. And he's going to say that, the, of, of course, Bob Stoops did the right thing. He's not going to call out Bob Stoops. No, no. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I think he sh- it, it wasn't as bad, I don't think, as a lot of people make it out to be. It looks, it looks worse when you see it in print, I think. Here's the thing. Maybe, maybe so. And, 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 and just let me say, we live in an age now where everybody's hanging on every word. We and, do. And, 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 wants, and what does everybody want him? Fired now. That, there was a column in USA Today. want him fired? Common oh. USA Today said he should be fired. Christine Brennan Oof. said it's time for him to step away. And i got to tell you. After listening to him and, and hearing how disinterested it appears he's become and how much a character he has become, he is trying so hard to reinvent Keith Jackson right. with his yokelisms. But you when know, this is not who Brent Musburger was. But here's the galling thing about this about this statement for me: is this, and you're right, Barry. We do we parse live in an age where we parse every word and we look for hidden meanings and we look for for, for stuff. But we have made domestic abuse, rightly so, put it on the forefront as a big issue in sports. Yes, we have. And for me, the thing that's galling is this is not about the NFL. It's not about him going to the NFL and having a successful career. It is about let's hope that Joe Mixon now takes the next steps in becoming a a more caring, uh, more – what's the right word? Well, uh, that, and that's a good point. I, I get what you're saying, and, that, and you're certainly right. It's not about the NFL. But what was uh, re- refresh my memory on the timing? Did he say this before or after Joe Mixon started motioning for the? Uh, the I believe the, it was the Auburn I believe crowd. it was before. Yeah, 
Uh, let's hope it was before. I believe because it was when before. the Auburn fans were chanting, uh, "Woman, he hits beater, woman. He hits he women. women. He hits women." And and, he, he sucks. and and Joe was in. And Baker Mayfield's doing it too. And let me just say this about Baker Mayfield: I was a, a champion for Baker Mayfield when he got screwed at Texas Tech. Yes. Uh, and and I wrote that and and wished him well and hoped that he would do well at Oklahoma. And I have to say this, and 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 this is some of my good friends in Lubbock have said this about Baker Mayfield too: is Boy, he's not the most pleasant guy, and uh, th- and for him to to get in, involved in all that too. Uh, I mean, come on! It, it, I would like to think that Bob Stoops, if he knew what was going on, that these two guys are motioning for these chants to m- make it louder, that he would have taken them and ripped them a new one at halftime. And I think and maybe he I think, did. I think it's, maybe he did. I hope he did. And, and if he did, it's it, you know it's ridiculous that you have to take time out of your halftime to oh, address these two kids. Uh, but my my thing there is you're sitting there in the Superdome, and it's uh, there's eighty thousand people and they're chanting, and these kids are clearly caught up in the emotion of the moment. It's a defense it, mechanism. It is a defense mechanism, and who knows who knows what was coming out of the stands directed at, that, that those guys heard as well. So I'm not making I, I don't I am I guess in some way making excuses. But Joe's for that. also involved in another thing. There was an there was an incident it's with a, a parking lot attendant at Oklahoma. It's he, a bad look and it, it is it is bad. And he, he doesn't get it. But I, I just feel like the broadcasters they're not caught up in that emotion. No. And 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 that's if you're going to address the Joe Mixon thing, that's something that actually should be scripted out before you before you get on the air. Probably. So. And and to do it and put it in the context of let's hope he has a successful NFL career is to me missing the point entirely. Yeah, that's correct. That's you're you're right. And, and that's where Brent's out of touch now. Well, I don't know if he's out of touch all the time. It was just certainly for that from that standpoint and that time when he said that it, it was. It was it was the wrong thing to say. Yeah, uh, but I'll so say do this. Do you think but, he but, should retire? No, not 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 no. I, I don't I don't I don't think he should retire. And I, I don't advocate anybody retiring if they make a mistake or being fired or, or anything like that. Uh, I I don't. What but about I, I just want, what I, about I, the, the what about the uh, Al Campanis? Oh, the. What, we're talking about 1987. We're talking about 86 or 87. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, listen, there's a big, there's, in, in uh, 30 years ago, we're still talking about a different atmosphere in this country, but, but to say that there was blacks no, it, lack the, the, uh, the necessities. Yeah. It, that's pretty awful. It's, it's a pretty strong pretty lack awful. of understanding. So, but I just, I just, just want to say something. You know, I watched, when watching the game last night before I fell asleep early, but I did wake up. But, 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 but anyway, I just want to say, listening to Herb Street and Fowler do the game, it's, it's like listening to two insurance agents do the game. And I was thinking about this as I, I, as I was watching. When you have a, you have college football, you need a different, Sound to the game, but you're saying it wasn't emotional enough. It was like listening to two guys in an insurance office talking about a game. But but but, and that's the thing. And and, you know, Vern hung it up this year, and Vern Lundquist, I still think, is the best on college football right now. The best oncologist is that what you said? Oncologist, yeah. I think Vern Lundquist is oncologist. He's the best oncologist. Yeah, there we go. Uh, He's the best oncologist that there is. I'm not. I'm not huge on Danielson. As, as, as and, and but Vern is Vern. You know why he's natural, right? And and, and when he makes mistakes, that's and and and, and, and that's that's that's, the that's thing, part of the game. That's the thing about about Brent right now that just drives me nuts. Is this 
you're not a Southern gentleman. Well, he's become a caricature. He's like it's like what I say about Chris Berman. They've become caricatures they of have. themselves. And Chris Berman stepping away. Well, you really ripped Chris Berman too. Chris, Ber- day, Chris Berman. Let me just say this about Chris Berman. Chris Berman is not walking back? away because he wants to walk away. Okay. Nobody walks away because they want to walk away. Just understand that. Vern. I'll just say this. Nobody walks away because they want to walk who, away. Do we know who the voice of the SEC is going to be next year? It's your friend, Brad Nessler. Oh, it is going to be Brad Nessler. Okay. All right. You, is he really your friend? I I knew him when we were both in Atlanta. I'm, you know, he's he's very good at what he does. Yeah. But but I I don't think he's Vern. I I, I think Vern I think for colleges Vern goes up there in as an icon, and, is, and he's is, had a, is he on the Mount Rushmore with Keith Jackson? He's had a great product to to announce for the last sixteen years. You too. Bet. He, he really has. So, um, all right, we need to get out of here because we got to get. We have two Ranger guests, this two, week, and, and we've got to talk a lot about uh, Pudge Rodriguez in the Hall of Fame, and we got to talk about what wackiness on the broadcast front C.J. Nikowski is going to uh, to bring with him. To, to bring, bring with him, him. Yeah. he's going to do play by play too. He's going to do ten games of play by play, which I really want to hit up with him. So we talked about that at dinner the other night. With CJ. Was, was CJ there, there also? Yeah, he was there. CJ, John Blake, Evan Grant, and Kevin Sherrington, and their significant others all went to the game. Also, Vern came by for dessert. Brad, right. Brad Townsend, David Moore. Was we got to roll Gil out Brandt of here. There, the Did Gil Brandt come and send a bottle of wine over? Gil Brandt, I'll tell you what, the number of times I've run into Gil Brandt in restaurants is creepy. Like last year, <laughs> last year we took Natalie out for her 16th birthday dinner, and we're having dinner. At Preston Center, and I look over, and there is Gil Brandt and Art Bryles having dinner at like three tables. Over. Gil, Gil, Gil practically lives at every restaurant at Preston Center. Yeah, he lives he right down the street. Yeah, that's true. Well, we and we operate in the same circles, oh, high yeah. you, circles. You, you do. All right, so let's get out of here. Doug, take us out. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.